On today's episode, we're talking about choices, but more specifically, choosing between two goods and knowing how slash when to make the quote-unquote right choice. Welcome to the Imperfect Millennials, a weekly podcast by two millennial sisters who discuss work, health, relationships, and spirituality so that you can thrive, not just survive. Our goal is that each episode gives you at least one insight or nugget, one takeaway that makes your life a little better this week. We'd love to reach as many people as possible. So if you like what you hear, leave us a review, share with a friend, and keep the conversation going on Instagram where you can find us at The Imperfect Millennials. So, choice. Choices. Choices. Rough. Choosing choices. I mean, even choosing what to record today yeah (laughs) what's a battle um but we wanted to do it on choices and i'm gonna i'm gonna kick us off with a little quote um from barry schwartz he is the the psychologist who's behind the paradox of choice if you've seen that book or heard i think it's also a ted talk too seeing the ted talk or read the book yeah yeah Yeah, that too you know what however it goes anyway barry barry says in his take it away barry barry okay Learning to choose is hard. Learning to choose well is harder. Mm. And learning to choose well in a world of unlimited possibilities is harder still. Perhaps too hard. And I... Boom. Bam. Right? But I think that is true. Like, we live in a world of unlimited possibilities. And for so many people, that is crippling. Right. Right. For, I think... Probably multiple reasons. I think everyone could probably have a different excuse as to why it's difficult. I was literally just saying this to someone the other day. Um, It's hard sometimes to choose between a good and a bad Mm -hmm. because sometimes we want what's not great for us. Right. It's even harder to choose between a good and a good. And we're often, I would say on a daily basis, that's what we're faced with. Two goods that we have to sort of navigate and how do we choose between two things that are objectively good or fine for us. Right. Yeah. And that, that is really hard. And I think two things, if you only have two, but like in his uh, Ted talk, he talks about ketchup and like salad dressing and how you have like unlimited amounts. Sure. And so therefore it's crippling. Then you stand in the aisle forever and you're like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Do I want ranch? And if I want ranch, do I want like buttermilk ranch, or do I want like you know yeah, the, the the low fat or the yeah. fat free or the or and the which brand. valley or the you know and how crippling that can be. Or I mean, that's like such an asinine example. But um, hmm. like I think that even with my students, that like you like one year we had a we had a senior who applied to like fifty universities. Oh no, fifty. I mean, imagine trying to make that choice. Right. You know, and the kids would always ask me, like, well, what did you do, Miss Endor? And I'm like, um, I applied to three schools. Yeah. Four. One I didn't get into. One I didn't ever want to go to, but it was, like, my safety school. One I wanted to go to, but my dad didn't want me to. And one my dad wanted me to go to. So, four. And that was a pretty easy choice. That's right. one I wanted to go to. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But, you know, like, they get so crippled with, with, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And then, after they get in... What if I make the wrong choice? Which is interesting because there's some things are not a wrong choice, right? Going to this school versus that school 
it's not really a wrong choice. In fact, the only one who could really make that the wrong choice is if, you know, let's say your experience at that university doesn't go well. And if you choose to let that cripple you or not learn from the experiences, the setbacks, the triumphs that you've had. Like yeah. someone once told me that nobody can waste your time except you. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you choose how to interact and how to respond to things. Yeah. And so the theory that like, Oh my gosh, this is not, um, this could be the wrong choice. And then what I was crippled by that too. Yeah. I think everybody is. At some I think point. it's pretty normal. And what I would always tell them is like, listen, if it is a, thoughtful, prayerful, considered choice. There is no wrong choice. Now, if you're going there because you're like, oh, I'm going here because it's the biggest party school ever, but like, I want to be a pre-med major. Okay, wrong choice. Yeah, wrong choice. Like if your whole purpose is like, I'm going to the party school, but I'm also trying to be a doctor one day, literally wrong choice. But besides that kind of a thing where you're picking it for the wrong reasons. Right. I think... Well, you have to check your intentions. Exactly. And even if it ends up in like, and I would always tell them like, okay, even if it ends up being the worst experience of your life. Okay. That still doesn't mean that it necessarily was the wrong choice. Maybe you needed that really bad year. Maybe you needed that really hard roommate. Maybe, Mm -hmm. who knows, to transfer or to learn how to do it or to stick it out and to learn tenacity. I mean, I don't know, but. Resilience. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are all things that we have to be able to well and that's also under this like there's a presupposition in that argument that would suggest that there is a right choice right and that had you chosen differently in certain situations your life would have been better and that's actually you can't prove that you can't prove that had you chose like gone to a different university your life would be better that's literally a fruitless effort. Like, that's, like, you're just, you're not getting anywhere with right. that. And I think that's, like, back to your earlier point of, like, okay, if we're, if we're judging between good and bad, there is a right choice, right? right? Like, if I'm, like, okay, well, should I do this really bad thing or should I choose not to do it? Okay, well, that's clear. There's a right choice. There's a wrong choice. Mm-hmm. But there are so many things that are, there, there are a multitude of good choices. Mm-hmm. You know, like, do I go to Marquette? Do I go to Loyola? Do I go to DePaul? Do I go to SLU? I, could all be legitimately all good choices, good options. Right, right. You know, and there's no... Yeah, but we get very caught up in the one right thing. This is like... <laughs> this is reminding me of our episode that we did on No Such Thing as Soulmates. But I think uh-huh. that, too, is like where we get caught up. Like, there's one man, and I gotta find the one man out there. Right. And also, I uh. think there's this... Um, I see this a lot in dating. I'm actually speaking at a dating panel uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. Which is, yeah, I'm actually going to be sitting on a panel. Um, and one of the questions that they wanted me to think about and have kind of a prepared answer for um, was, you know, what are the pros and cons of today's dating culture? Oof. And I'm having a hard time coming up with the pros. But one of the cons, I think, is this paradox of choice. When I have two million options on my phone... I'm not going to choose and I'm going to be critical and I'm going to be picky and I'm going to be like, eh, maybe there's something better and maybe there's something, well, just different. And well, if I say yes to this guy, can I not say yes to this guy? And what if I say yes to this guy, but it's the wrong guy? Like, oh, good God. Right. It's exhausting. And and it's interesting too, because I think, I mean, there are very few things that are set in stone and un- changeable. Your dad like, gave me that advice. I mean, I think, ago. you know, like, okay, you get married and like, okay, then if you're like marriage till death do us part, like, okay, like 
then but you're even in. that, even that, but even that at times, in society, in certain ways, there's technically an out. I remember dad saying that to me when I was having a really hard time deciding which graduate school to go to or if I should leave or what I should do. And I was really kind of crippled by this choice. And he said to me, very few choices in life are final. And that's the truth of the matter is I think sometimes we say to ourselves or we get ourselves to believe that I have to make the right choice and then I'm, I'm beholden to that choice. And that's for the majority of choices in our life. That's not true. You could go to that university, stay there for a month and be like, I'm out and leave. Right. And you have the freedom to make a different choice and that's okay. Right. But I think... Acknowledging that in in the before the choices are made yeah. is really challenging because you're mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, like I got to commit. I got to commit to a major. I got to commit to a university. I got to commit to a job. I got to commit to whatever. Um, and that's really hard. This is also making me think too, um, if any of you have watched the new series on Netflix, Indian Matchmaker. Oh, we love it. Okay, our whole family, for it. Our whole family is obsessed with it. But um, I actually just really love Indian culture too, which is probably why. But anyway... Um, what I find so interesting about the matchmaker is for some people, she gives them like the one guy gets like hundred, more than a hundred, women to choose from, right? But then like one of the girls who was way more picky, she said, I'm giving her one option because if I give her too many, she won't pick any. Yeah. And so she was like, here's one, here's one you get to look at, go out on a date with him. And it was making me think of this idea of it's true. She, if she had been given five, she would have found flaws with all of them. And then, and, and then, and then would have been crippled by the, okay, they all have flaws, but what if I'm supposed to be with this person? Or what if it's destiny to be with that person? Or what if he's actually better? Or what if I choose this guy and then it doesn't work out? And then and I said no to the other four. With fate. And so, but that's what I think is really interesting is she, the matchmaker, for most of them, like the one who got the, his like hundred girls or whatever, like that, that was a rarity for the most part. She's like, here's one, here's three, right? here's five Limited to choose from. And that is it because choice in multitudes is crippling. Yeah. And I also think sometimes we have a really hard time knowing the choice to make because we don't know ourselves well enough. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we really knew ourselves well enough, right, and or we knew or we had a game plan or we knew the choice may stand out. It doesn't mean it's easy, but the choice stands out a little bit more and then mm-hmm. we can sort of, uh, with more conviction, make that choice. Yeah. So it's interesting. So again, um, Barry Schwartz has... Um, in his The Paradox of Choice, he has this quote, and it says, When asked about what they regret most in the last six months, people tend to identify actions that didn't meet expectations. Mm. Right? So, like, okay, I did this thing, and I thought it was going to be the university for me. I thought it was going to be the dream job. I thought he was going to be future Mr. So-and-so, yes. right? Like, future spouse. But then it goes on, and he says, but... When asked about what they regret most when they looked back on their lives as a whole, people tend to identify failures to act. And to me, I think that's very interesting because, like, we often tend to not act when we're like, oh, my gosh, I have so many options in front of me. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. I could do this. I could do that. And then we don't do anything. Right. And then we wish we would have done something. And, you know, it's kind of true. That could be like a whole, that could be a whole thing in and of itself, right? Because 
you know, you just sort of wish, I think this is a quote from the office of like, I oh. wish someone had told us we were in the good times oh, yeah. before they were over. And then right. you look back and you're like, oh, those were the good times. And I think part of that is like uh, being present and really loving, loving your life and where you're at, the highs and the lows. Um, but also keeping that in mind that, you know what, when I look back, when I'm, you know, in my 90s and I look back Ooh. over my life, Will I regret that I didn't take this leap? Right. right. Will I regret? And if we have this growth mindset of like, okay, even if I'm flat on my face, I will learn something from this. Like, what if that was our endeavor? Like, not right. that I have to succeed or be perfect, but here's a learning opportunity and I'm going to dive in. Right. No, and I think exactly like, and that's how we need to start kind of seeing those things. And too, to remember like not making a decision. We I think we talked about this in another episode, but not making a decision is actually a choice. It's a choice to do nothing. Yes. Right? No so, choice is a choice. Yeah, no choice is a choice. And I mm-hmm. think we tend to forget that. So allowing these choices to cripple us so that we are incapable of moving forward is actually a choice that we've made to allow that to cripple us. Yes. You know? Yeah. Can you read that quote one more time? Because I think there was something I wanted to like pull out of it that yeah. I think is pretty Okay, important. so when asked about what they regret most in the last six months, people tend to identify actions that didn't meet expectations. But when asked about what they regret most when they look back on their lives as a whole, people tend to identify failures to act. So I want to talk about expectations because I think that's a good segue of like, how did these choices not meet our expectations and I don't think it's necessarily in the choice I think or or the action that we took right to to go for that expectation I think it's in unrealistic expectations Mm. I think we often set unrealistic expectations for ourselves or for others oftentimes we're disappointed in people because of expectations we've put on them that they're not aware of Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I wish he had been better well wait what does that even mean like did he know that you needed X, Y, Z from right, him? Right, or are we right, assuming right. that he could read your mind and you had this expectation that he was going to miss because he didn't know he had to get there? I was just talking to someone about this the other day. She went out on a date. It wasn't great. The conversation was weird. But, you know, like, whatever. They're going to, you know, try it again or whatnot. And I said to her, did you, did you tell him that you felt conversation was, like, a little stilted and awkward? And she was like, no. And I was like... Well, tell him because mm-hmm. maybe he is clueless. Maybe he thought it went super well. Like, right. <clears throat> do uh, anyway, but like, you know, like help them out in that way and, and help so that the expectation isn't there. Cause maybe his expectation is this was amazing. And your expectation is like, he doesn't know how to have a conversation. Right. So let's, you mm-hmm. know, anyway, communicate that. And I think people often have a hard time with choice and with things and with expectations because they use like should statements. I should know the right thing to do, or I should go to the right college, or I shouldn't have to tell him that this is my expectation, right? And what when we create that narrative, what we're doing is we're <laughs> actually this it's a funny phrase. We're shooting all over our lives. Stop shooting all over your life. We got to do a whole episode on that. That's, shooting all over your life. That's our dad's new favorite phrase. He told me it the other day. Really? He's like, stop shooting on your, stop shooting on yourself. And I was like, stop shooting on yourself. Exactly. <laughs> well, and it's, it, it sticks because it's comical, but it's actually very, really big in, um, in psychology right now in the world of psychology. And I think because when we do this whole should or want, right. 
then we're the, our lives are just totally imbalanced, right? And we have to realign to what really matters to us. Okay, and ask yourself, well, why should I? Yeah. Like, where is this expectation coming from? Who is it serving? And does it really align with what I am looking for in my future? Or does it align with... And, and that's sort of checking our expectations, which I think inform and guide our choices. Yeah. I should make this choice. Why? Right. Said who? Right. Right. Well... I mean, this, that's a whole other tangent too, but I feel like that's so much of millennial lives too. Like by now I should mm, yeah, be married. By now I should be having a child. By now I should. Okay. But why? Part of it is the expectations, right. That come down from like, well, my mom was at my age. Okay, right. Well, that, but everyone has a different timeline. Exactly. Um, and I think also, I think we're, we're sometimes stuck in choices because of what some people I think get stuck in choice or choosing between two goods or multiple options because of expectations other people have of them mm. of this person would like me to choose this. And this person would like me to choose this and I don't know what I want. And so mm. who should I please or what should I do mm-hmm. instead of really sort of digging in deep and saying, well, what do I want? Right. What is, what is actually going to serve me so that I can live the best version of my life? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of yeah. living other people's and making lives, that choice and just right. Oftentimes, if we're making choices for other people, or if we have all these like really big should statements of like, "Well, I should do this because it's what's expected of me." Whose life are you living? Mm-hmm. Yours or your parents? Right. Yeah, and so Schwartz also makes the point that when we we kind of leave ourselves open to all the other possibilities that are out there, and we have a hard decision making one, and we don't like lock in on something like, okay, I'm going to Marquette or whatever, right. That we are actually like part of the reason we're doing that is because we didn't put in the psychological work necessary to make a solid decision. Hmm. So he says, when we can change our minds, apparently we do less psychological work to justify the decision we've made, reinforcing the chosen alternative and disparaging the rejected ones. Like we do less work to do all of that. Which is, which is kind of interesting because I think sometimes we think we're thinking a lot about this decision. We think we're thinking a lot about like, oh my gosh, I don't know, like I'm paying contrasting and maybe we're even making the notes and the list, but like, are we going really deep hmm. into what I need and what this decision is going to mean for me? And, and then too, doing the psychological work, like the, the mind work of being like, and now I am rejecting for now anyway, these other alternatives. Yeah, yes to something as a no to other things. Yeah, and I but I think acknowledging that. And it, yeah. it's not a, a no forever. Yeah. But it's a no for right now. Yeah. And I think it's it's even difficult if you do all the work, if you do your pros and cons, if you're really looking, and the two choices come out even. Oh, that happened with me as I was trying to figure out if I should start this this business or not. Like, should I stay in a job I have that's solid, or should I start this business? And, like, pros and cons on both sides, completely. For sure, even. Same balance. number, even. Yeah. So how'd you make that choice? Um, yeah, for me, it was more, okay. So pros and cons were the same, but this was actually a Mel Robbins thing that she talks about. When you think of the one decision, what's the immediate bodily reaction you have? Mm. And when you think of the other, what's the immediate bodily reaction you have? Do you feel lighter or do you feel heavier? Do you feel more burdened or do you feel like more, like energized. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And it's funny because I did it 
several times over several weeks because I'm like I don't know I don't like I don't pay that much attention to my body like I kind of tend to ignore it because I get a lot of migraines so I'm like eh whatever um but I was realizing over time like they were both equal in so many ways but one like filled my bucket Mm. and the other I could do really well but Mm. I can do I can do both really well but I kept being like okay but this one's gonna fill my bucket but the other one like has a lot of meaning and purpose and value but I I can give that to the other one as well. So anyway, that's how I've made that choice. Because the other one... Because one made me feel really heavy. The idea of of doing it, like continuing it, made me feel very heavy. Yeah. I think that's a good technique, though. But I think... Right? To, like, pay attention to, like, our initial reaction. And that doesn't mean that, like, our feelings or our emotions are going to guide, but they inform. Right. They inform. They're They're not the ruling power... But they inform. And so if we want to make a well-educated decision, right? Like, what is your gut telling you? Like, when you have that offer and then your gut sinks, it's like, well, okay, listen to that. And ask yourself, like, okay, like, why does this choice seem so much harder for me than that choice? Exactly. And so that, and like, that's exactly what I did. Like, I wasn't just like, oh, I feel better. Like, I feel lighter. So I'm taking this job. I then (laughs) was like, okay, so like, let's look at it. Like, stress is a huge factor for my migraines, right? So I was like, okay, let's be honest. Both jobs are going to cause me stress. Because stress is a, uh, just a normal part of life. Yes. And I said, but as I was looking at the two and like I have experience with both and comparing, I realized like I never get frustrated with the job that I have now. And the job that I had before that I was thinking of leaving often frustrated me. Hmm. So it was adding stress to frustration. And I don't feel frustrated ever with what well. I do now. I think, and that's a really good insight. Well, which informs your decision because you could have stayed in the job you had and that would have been a totally fine choice. Right, right, exactly. A totally fine, totally good choice to make. Yeah. I also think it's helpful to, we mentioned this in the last episode, you're not everybody's cup of tea, Um, but sort of playing the tape forward and saying, okay, if I make this choice, where does it lead? And if I make this choice, where does it lead? Am I okay with both outcomes? Right. Yeah. Do I not want that outcome? Right. Play the tape all the way forward to when you're in your 90s and you're looking back over your life. Right. And are you going to regret not making this choice? Or, yeah. Or does it not matter? Right. Or is this a small choice that's a little insignificant? You know, it's just, I, I think it's sort of being really intentional and also very thoughtful about how this choice impacts your here and now and also your later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then allowing yourself to make the choice and then, and I think too, allow yourself to make the choice and then walk away from the others. Yeah. At least for a while. Right. right. Like make that choice and you're going, you're going to Loyola and then you're walking away from the others. And that doesn't mean you can't revisit that idea later after the first semester when you're like whatever but but when we cling on to but like oh but there's that other option Mm. I think we find less fulfillment in what we're doing we have less peace and we have less peace because then we're like we're constantly still like running it over in our head like what if I had stayed what if I had done that thing what if I had pursued that other thing when the truth of the matter is like it doesn't matter because you didn't. Right. And to live in the here and now of the choice that you made and to learn to live with the choices we made and to, that doesn't mean you can't pivot or switch, but to make the choice. And I think when you, when you process it, right, when you do the pros and cons, when you recognize, you know, who you are, what you want, where you're going, you stop shooting all over yourself. 
and you make that choice, I think there's a little more conviction in the choice that you've made. And then to stick with that and yeah. to say, I made this choice for these reasons and you keep going. Yeah. And you know, I think it's interesting too. So now, I mean, I have more time out from, from college and all of that kind of stuff than Mona does. <laughs> Cause I'm a forever student. Um, but and I think just more time in general yeah. as, as, as I age and approach my 40s. Oh, God. Um, but I, like, I've just noticed more and more how even decisions that I was like, I'm not sure that I'm making the right call here. Mm-hmm. Like, and I made it and I, whatever. Now looking back, it's just so cool to see like the puzzle pieces coming together that mm-hmm. led me to here. Yeah. Right. So like now I have my own, my own company like I'm super excited about it like it's just so exciting it's so cool um whatever but like to look back and be like I remember when I quit a job I had in New York I had a a good paying job with lots of vacation time in fact like crazy and I and I left it because I didn't like the company culture Mm. and I left it without another job like I went in and quit and said I'm not coming back I'm not like I'll, I'll work two weeks but I'm I'm done because I had kind of a smarmy boss. Um, and I left. And I, I remember calling dad and being like, oh my gosh, I left. Like, and he was like, biggest biggest mistake you'll make in your career. And at this point I had had, I'd been out of college, like, I don't know, a year and a half. I'd already had two jobs on my resume, right? Two short jobs on my resume. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, maybe I just totally screwed up. Mm. But the job I got after that was a job I had for years was a company that has rehired me in almost every city I've worked in to work freelance for them. And it was them that I was freelancing for when I got, when I started my blog, Mm -hmm. which led to all of my social media experience, which led to my ability to start the social media coaching job. Like maybe this all would have happened if I hadn't quit that job from the smarmy boss, but I certainly wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened in the same way. And I think just seeing all the puzzle pieces come together of all the various choices, even the ones that you're like, I don't know, I don't know, mm-hmm. is kind of cool yeah. when you look back. I also think this idea that um, a choice can inherently be like black or white and the right or the wrong choice, I think inherently is kind of a flawed way to look at it because our choices, our actions how that affects our lives are multifaceted and, and, and there's so many contributing factors. So, okay, maybe you would have hypothetically had a far more successful career in that Avenue. Sure. Had you stayed right. And so maybe it was the bad career move, but was it the right personal move? For sure. Was it the right yeah. health move? Right. So, it can be, this isn't a good move for this, but it's a good move for that, right? I can look back and uh, think about where I chose to go to graduate school and how that was like an entire journey in and of itself. And was that like the best uh, financial move? No, I probably could have gone to a cheaper school that was Mm -hmm. offering different scholarships or whatever, but was it the right move in so many other ways? Yes. And could I have made a different choice and had a different outcome and still lived a happy life? Yes. And am yeah. I okay with the consequences that this choice brought? Yes. Because I knew what they were going in. I knew that there was going to be X, Y, Z consequences. And I asked myself, can I live with that? Mm-hmm. Yes, I could. 
Right. So I'm going to make the best of the choice that I made. Right. And I'm going to ride it out. Yeah, yeah. Like, you make the choice and then you go all in. Yeah. And you're like, okay, like, this is my choice for right now. Like, this is what I'm doing and, like, and I'm in. And I, But again, I think that's, like, that's the point. Like, then you got to go all in and be like, okay, this is the choice I'm making. And, yes. like, then I'm making the most of it as opposed right. to, like, this is the choice I'm making-ish. Right. But, like, I'm leaving my options open. Right. Okay, well, but then then you're not really making the choice. Yeah. Like, and then, sort of it. And then the that becomes a habit. Right? Then that becomes a habit because... And w- and then, and then we're unable to actually com- commit to other things or, or make bigger choices that actually matter. And so in learning how to make good choices, I say this to a lot of uh, parents that I work with, that they're having a hard time with their kiddos. And it's often, you know, parents especially have to slowly teach their kids how to make choices. And they have to give them the opportunity to make a small choice mm-hmm. and to mess up and it's still safe and okay. Um or to navigate making the right choice, but to let your kid make that choice so that they learn how to do it. Right. And, and we still have to do that as adults. We still have to start slow and and make the choice and live with it. Like, I'm literally thinking about when you go and get coffee and you stand there and you <laughs> stare. I think it's a, it's true. It's a I do know, scene I do know people in, who, who can't order They Starbucks. can't order. Like, they won't order. And it's like, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want. All good choices. No bad choice. I mean. You're going to get something that you like. You're probably not going to get something that you don't like, right? Maybe you're going to be adventurous and try something new. And maybe that's going to be a gamble and it's not going to pay off. Right, 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 right. But the truth of the matter is, you know, think about ways in your life that you can practice small choices and then just doing it. Being like, I'm not going to spend 10 minutes in the Starbucks line staring. I'm going to go in. And I'm going to make an order and I'm going to do it with conviction and I'm going to move on mm-hmm. and I'm going to live with that. And that teaches us how to make choices even when it's just all, all good options. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. This is making me think. So I have this like TJ Maxx gift card that's <laughs> been sitting in my wallet forever. Well, pre COVID. I mean, I couldn't even use it at that point, but sure. anyway, I went to try and use it the other day and I went and it's one of those that like works at TJ Maxx and Marshall's and Sierra trading post and mm. whatever 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 I, I didn't i didn't use it like there were oh. dozens of things i would have bought but i was like but do i want to spend this gift card on right. this yeah like whereas what? like if i didn't have the gift card i probably would have bought the things anyway like with my yeah. own money and been like oh yeah like this shirt's really cute like i can like it'll work well with what i have like yeah i'm at but like no but like i literally all the shirts i walked in and i walked back out and didn't and i was like I was driving home and I thought, this is so dumb. Like, I'm crippled by the, like, I want to buy, like, make the best decision with this money. So, therefore, I make no decision with this money. It's dumb. So dumb. Well, it it just sort of perpetuates this, right? Like, our thoughts, if they're around long enough, become actions. And our actions, if they're around long enough, become habits. Right. Our habits, if they're around long enough, become our lifestyle. Yes, And yes, so we yes. have to be really careful about what we think and what we say and how we act. And if that those things are actually in accord with who we want to be. Mm-hmm. And so if you challenge yourself, it starts small, right? Like you can't, if you have a really big choice coming up and it's paralyzing you, right? It's, it's slowly working through that, but then also building the muscle of 
decisiveness in the little things, mm-hmm. right? Notice, uh, my guess is if you have a hard time making big choices or you don't even know how, I've been there. I've literally said to people, I do not know how to make this choice. I don't have the skills. I, I, I don't know why I don't have them, but they're not there. And so it's in slowly exploring that to make this big decision and then figuring out small ways to be decisive throughout your day mm-hmm. so that you can flex that muscle Yeah, consistently. Yeah. This is reminding me of, um, uh, I heard this woman, Emily Freeman on a podcast and I don't even remember what podcast, um, but she is the author of The Next Right Thing. It's a book. Um, and maybe she's got her own podcast too. I don't really know. But anyway, The Next Right Thing, a simple, soulful practice for making life decisions. And basically her thing is, instead of thinking like, is this the right decision? Oh my gosh, is this the right decision? Like, is this the right, like, oh my gosh, like I got to make this decision for life. Be like, okay, what is the next right thing I need to do right now? Like today? Yeah. What's the next right choice? What's the next right whatever? And I have found that so helpful, even in terms of like my everyday work. Yeah. Like I sit down at the at my desk and I'll be like, okay, I've got a to-do list that's a mile long, but what's the next right thing for me to do to move my business forward and, and that I need to do this week? Mm-hmm. And then I do that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, what's the next right thing that I need to do? And then I do that as opposed to like, <gasps> here's my to-do list. And like, this is more fun. So I'm going to do this. Do you find, I, I like that theory. I'm trying, like, this is kind of one of the first times I'm hearing that. So I'm trying to kind of unpack Envision it. it. Yeah. And understand it. Do you think that that idea, do you think it's so helpful because it keeps you like present? Cause I think one of the hard things about choice is that we can be really caught up in that fake future, which we have right. an episode on of like being stuck not being present and sort of being stuck in the future and yeah, then not actually living or making good choices. Mm-hmm. So do you think the next right thing like keeps you grounded in the here and now? I think it, yeah, to me it keeps you grounded in the here and now, but it also makes you, yeah, be a little less fearful of what one little decision is going to do for like future Katie in 40 years. Right. Yes. We don't know Today's is. decision is not really going to impact. I mean, it will, but like, it's not the end of the world for a future Katie in 40 years. Right. It doesn't have to be the end of the world. Right. And so I think, you know, like her big thing is, um, that like the, the next right, like really focusing on the next right thing will allow you to make, cl- have clear, blah, 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 sorry, will allow <laughs> you to clear the decision-making chaos, to quiet the fear of choosing wrong and to find the courage to finally t- decide without regret or second guessing. And I think like those things are really good. And it's true. Like when I practice it, I practice it more like lately in, in my business things, but it is true. Like when you sit there and you're like, okay, what's the next right thing for me to do in my business? You don't second guess it. Cause you're like, it's, it's fairly clear. Hmm. The next right thing for me to do right now is, is this, whatever it is, right. Contact this, this future client, put together this worksheet that I need, like, whatever it happens to be. But it's, it's much clearer when you just think like, all I got to decide is what's the next right choice. What's the next right move I need right, to make. I don't have to make the choice that's going to come down the pike in 20 days from now. Yeah. I literally have to make the choice. And even if it's a bigger today. thing, right? Like, cause obviously these are like in smaller things, like on my to-do list or whatever, okay. but even like in the bigger things, like what's the next right move or like if it was I don't know like even like I think big for professionally for me I was like okay I think one of the next right things for me is to get a business coach but like I gotta crunch the numbers mm-hmm. so like okay 
my hope is that by January, I'll have a business coach. And that, that I think is the next right move for growing my business. But then I also have to be smart financially. Right. So the next right move to grow my business is a business coach. And when I have the money, that's what fingers crossed that. January is when that will happen. And so like, that's, I don't know, like, and obviously that's a big decision. Mm-hmm. But I do think that's the next thing that is necessary for my business. Right. Right. Anyway, I think it's a- So like, if we keep going with this, like choosing a college analogy, what would that look like in- Yeah, so I think, again, thinking like, hey, if you, I don't know, you're weighing between three colleges, okay, what's the next right choice for me? And you have to look at them and say, I guess, like, what are my main priorities in life right right now? Yeah. And maybe that's, I don't know, you want to major in physical therapy. Yeah. And two of the three offer physical therapy. Okay, so then you've already eliminated one. Because the next right thing is a degree in physical therapy for you. Then you eliminate yeah. the ones who don't offer it. And then yeah. if the next right thing really for you is that degree that that degree in physical therapy and getting a job in it, then you're gonna pick the program, whatever that's best for you, mm-hmm. or you know, mm-hmm. that's best for pursuing that. I don't yeah. you know, like obviously it's I have not read the book. Yeah. I've, I've listened to her a couple oh, times yeah. on podcasts. So I think that this idea helps people when they feel as though they have no direction in Mm, in making a choice, mm -hmm. right? I think this question is really helpful in navigating the difficult situation of like, you know, not how do I make the final choice, but how do I, how do I start to navigate it? Mm -hmm. And how do I start to unpack what I need in my life right? and where these choices are going to lead me or not going to lead me. And I think it's a good question that one can ask themselves so that they know themselves better. Right. Yeah. Even as we were talking two episodes ago about, um, right. Like living in the moment that you're in now. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and whatnot. And I was saying that, um, like I really want to write another book. Right. But mm-hmm. But part of the reason I decided I'm not going to is because it's not the next right thing right now for me. Yes. Right. The next right thing for me right now is really pushing this business forward. And that means everything else needs to go on the sidelines. Right. And and writing a book is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, I have it pretty well put together. Like, it's not that that's a bad choice. It's just not the next right good thing for me. Mm. It's not the next right choice for me. Right. Yeah. yeah, priorities. That's mm-hmm. hard. That's a tricky one, too. Yeah. Um, you know, because I think that we can get so caught up in trying to be at the finish line already mm-hmm. that the choices to get us to the finish line are crippling. Right. You know, and we don't want to be crippled, especially by the two good things. Like, the perspective. Like, we're choosing between really awesome things. Right. And we're letting it cripple us. Um. You know, and I think we can often get really stuck in this cycle of indecisiveness and then, and and then I think sometimes it feels so overwhelming. We don't know where to begin. Yeah. And I think too, this is really true for people who are like multi-passionate, like people who like a lot of things and have a lot of hobbies and passions and interests, probably decision-making is a lot harder for you. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember talking to somebody who's a, um, she's a college professor in history and she said, oh. I don't envy you at all. It must be so hard to like make decisions every day. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she was like, you have so many talents and so many passions. And she's like, history is my only passion. Like it's my only love. Whoa. And she's like, so it's not hard for me to know what, she what I'm supposed to do every day. 
Wow. And I was that's like, nice, I mean, that, I was like, dang, that's kind of nice. I was like, I wish I had that clarity. Yeah. But I think, again, that's where this idea of like the next right thing gives you clarity. It's like, yeah, it's true. Like I do love so many things, but I can't do them all at once. Right. So I got to do what's the next right thing in this moment and then go from there. Um, there's, so I'm, was reading this article um, in a psychology magazine about how to become less indecisive. Oh. How to break like indecisive cycles because mm-hmm. we can often get really, really stuck in sort of the spiral of indecisiveness in little and in big things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so just quickly, right, like the tips that were coming out of this article were to first to actually not overthink the outcome of our decisions because I think when we start to try to predict right. the outcome. we have no idea. We don't know. And oftentimes, life is never as we predicted it, right? Right. We make an informed decision with the information we have in front of us, and the outcome of that, to be honest, is out of our control. Right. Well, and, like, you don't know. Like, I think, like, okay, like, I made a decision to go to Marquette. I didn't know that making that decision was going to allow the dean of that university to get me my first job out of college. Right, right. Like, I could never have guessed that. No. I would have never known. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so really I think we can get lost in our own heads and we can overthink. And so to avoid that, right, to try not to overthink the outcome of our decisions and then don't make a decision purely on impulse. Mm. Right. I think sometimes some people are like, well, I don't know what to do. And so they just choose without being critical or thoughtful. Yeah. Right, because sometimes we're just like, well, I think this is a good idea, and then, and then we just grab what's in front of us. I was looking at when I was watching the the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, right, and like, he literally gets up to announce that he's going to the NBA, and he goes, "So I made the decision an hour ago," oh, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, like what?" And then he goes on to be like, yeah, "And I talked to my parents and the coaches and whatever," yeah. but at first I was like, "You made the impulse decision to join the NBA? Like, that's probably not a good idea." I mean, yeah, it worked out for him, but you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, So then their third suggestion, right, is to do what scares you. And they say, which I find, this is interesting to me. They say, those who follow the path that they believe will have the least conflict, struggle, or risk usually have zero faith in themselves. And, yeah, and I feel like you probably don't live a life with a very full bucket. Uh, Yeah. Because safety means you're like living in your comfort zone. Yeah. And comfort zones. Comfort zones are often not fulfilling. But they're not fulfilling. Right. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I do, I do think it's true that like we need to do things that scare us, but I don't think living that full mantra is also very good either. Cause like there's a lot of stuff that scares me that like I'm not going to ever do. Such as. I don't know, getting in a lion's den. Like, I would love to well, pet a lion, sure, yeah. but, like, that that scares me. I'm going to be... Swimming with sharks. I'm swimming with sharks right. without a cage. Like, those things scare me. And some people yeah. would hear that and be like, well, that means i got to go swim with sharks. True. Okay, so some impulsive people. Yeah. No, 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 you're right. No, but, you know, like... I think the but question But I think it's here, more though, like, listen to the fear. Yes. And, and how fear is playing in you. And know that often fear is an indicator that you are actually on the right path instead of the wrong path. Correct. And I think, you know, Katie, in your example earlier of taking a step back and saying, okay, thinking about this choice and how does it make me feel and thinking about this choice and how does it make me feel, right? It's 
it's about paying attention to, okay, this choice actually makes me really nervous and very scared. Okay, why? Right. Why does it make you so scared? And why does the other one not, right? If, if the other one doesn't because you're like, well, it's safe and it's comfortable. Like, that's honestly how I made the decision to leave Chicago and go to Boston because it terrified me. And yeah. I had never done that. And I thought, you know what? Like, I think that there's a lot of room for growth in this discomfort. And it was mm-hmm. a really, really hard couple of years. Like, but, no yeah. lie. And I do think, too, that's kind of where this idea of growth mindset comes in. Like, you need to have a really good growth mindset in order to do that. Because if you are, like, I'm beginning with this job, like, it's scary. Like, I don't know where my paychecks are coming from. Like, it's a little, like, that's a fear factor. Right. And that could have kept me from saying yes. But at the same time, I was like, no, 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 I can figure this out. Right. You know, I was like, geez, I don't know. how, How do you file business taxes? I don't know. I don't know. And then I was like, no, 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 no. People who are less intelligent than I am own their own businesses, <laughs> or at least equal sure, to me, yeah, own their own yeah, businesses. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. therefore, I can figure this out. And if I can't figure this out, I'm sure I can hire someone who can figure. Yeah, it exactly, out. right. But that's a that takes a growth mindset. Like if I had a yeah. fixed mindset, I'd be like, I don't know how to do this, and I will never learn how to do this. Yeah, it's so too therefore much. I cannot it's insurmountable. move forward. Right. So I think paying attention to what scares you and sort of challenging yourself and growing mm-hmm. and being like, you know what the path of least resistance is not always the best path. Yes. Um, Well, okay. And can I also say too, with this idea of choice, I think we often in certain circles, perhaps Catholic circles, people tend to think the hardest choice is often the best choice. The one that's going to be the most, and that's, that's also really bad. Right. So like, just to make that clear too, because I do know a lot of people who are like, well, the harder thing is the best thing. Well, no, not necessarily. Right. Like, the right. harder thing would have been for me to stay in that job because I knew it wasn't going to fulfill me. And it was really frustrating to me. But, like, I also loved it in a weird way. And, like, yeah. but that would have been the harder choice. Right. Well, just because it scares you and challenges you doesn't mean it's more difficult, right? Right. Oftentimes we can stay in something that we're miserable in. And that's really difficult because we think, well, I should be struggling through this. Not necessarily. You can do something very challenging. But if it's well suited to you, it doesn't feel right draining it doesn't it doesn't exhaust you in the same way that something that is utterly miserable or intolerable will drain you yeah yeah so I think that's just really good to note that like the the right thing yeah the right thing is not always the hardest thing um right which I think that would be like the most horrible life sorry but I think that segues (laughs) really well into this the their fourth suggestion which is to follow a balance between listening to your mind and trusting your instincts, right? So it's not about the impulse or exactly how I feel or in the precise pro and con list. It's about a balance. And it's about really taking a critical look and saying, you know, what are the pros and cons, right? And how do I feel about this? Mm -hmm. And just objectively weighing it out. And I think sometimes if we can take a step back and objectively look at things, and objectively weigh them out and say, how do I feel about this? Where is this going to get me in life? Is it aligned with what I want? What's my pros and cons list? Without the pressure of, at the end of that, a decision is made. Right. You, know, you can you can revisit it and revisit it a couple of times and take a step back. and Yeah. And I think to this idea of the instinct, that was kind of Mel Robbins' idea of like, feel if you feel heavy or feel light yeah. when you talk about it. Because she's like that's kind of your body, your instinct talking through your body and telling you like, there's something about this that weighs on me or there's something about this that enlivens yes. me. 
and like learning how to listen to that instinct because it's true i think often we don't Mm -hmm. like we have the instinct and when we look back we're like oh i knew i should have done this earlier or like i should have and you know and we don't that yep that's a perfect segue into their oh look at this i haven't read this article so it says think about a time you said yes to something that turned out to be a great choice how did you feel when you were making that choice how did you come to that conclusion think about what made it a great choice Looking back at the positive decision you've made will allow you to see that you're capable of making good choices. And once you realize that, you're able to find the decision-making strategy that works best for you that has worked in the past and you can use it again. And I think, like, that's sort of what, like, you've, in the past, you've made good choices. In the past, you've made bad choices. And you look back and you think, dang, I, I knew. Actually, I did know then and I didn't pay attention to it. And why? Let history mm-hmm. be your teacher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or I have, I, I knew this wasn't the right thing for me, but, like, whatever. I gave in. But I did it anyways. Why? I did it anyway. Probably because you were shitting all over yourself. Probably. Or living up to or someone living else's someone expectations. Else's <laughs> yes. Someone else was shitting on your life. I just love that phrase <laughs> so much. Um, okay, number six. Choose what will give you more options in the future, right? If you have a fear of always being stuck and something... And then you're choosing between two things and the one thing is kind of a dead end or a little or limiting. Okay, choose the thing where you open that door and you have five other avenues after that, right? Because it also helps you, which is tricky because like the choice gives you more choices and if you're Mm -hmm. stuck in making choices. But I think also there's something that's a bit of a relief when we know there are other options or there's a way out. You know, this is interesting. So I was just talking to someone the other day who... um, is like in the midst of a career change and she's yeah. trying to figure out what she wants to do and blah, 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 blah all that stuff. And, um, she was like, well, I don't know if I want to lock into this cause I don't know if I'm going to be capable of like doing this profession for the rest of my life. Right. This thing that she was thinking of doing. That's amazing to me. And I, sorry, I keep going, what were you gonna say? but, and I said, and I told her, I said, but it's so interesting cause now I feel like very few people, like even if they're starting, like she's thinking of starting her own business and she's like, I'm just not sure I can do start this business and do it for the rest of my life. Mm. I was like, but I feel like so many people, even when they start their own businesses, their businesses morph and develop and change over the years and look nothing like that first business that they started because other options come along. And then suddenly like, whatever you were, you were doing life coaching for some people. And then suddenly you're like keynote speaking and giving TED talks. And then suddenly you've like written a book. And then from the book you like are now like, I'm thinking of Marie Forleo, like that's kind of her like trajectory. And like now she's like runs the most successful business school, you know, for small businesses. And like, I'm sure she didn't think that when she was becoming a life coach. No, of course not. In her twenties. It's like she made the right next decision for her and the other decisions were going to follow. What I find interesting is I often think we ask ourselves the wrong question, right? She, whoever this was, right, asked herself and asked you, she was trying to answer the question, if I make this choice, can I do it the rest of my life? We don't, we don't need to answer that question right now. Right. It's, can I do this tomorrow? Right. Can I do this the next day? Is this a viable option for the next year fiscally for me, right? Like, right. Is this a good financial decision for me? Because that's what? important. So, Often I think we ask ourselves these really big questions and that's not the question that needs to be answered. I find this a lot with friends. I, 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 I've done this. Like, 
you know, you go on a date with a guy and it's like, how did it go? Like, are you going to go on a second date or whatever? And they're like, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can see myself marrying him. Well, shit, did he propose? <laughs> he did not ask you for this that. Is not... Let's not answer a question that's this not, not been asked. This is not matchmaking. Right? Like, you don't need to know. All you need to know is, can I go on a second date with him? Right? Because the bigger questions that are often crippling us, they will come later. And right. when they come later, we will actually be more informed to make that decision. Right now, the only information I have and the only decision I need to make is tomorrow. Will I go on a second date? Exactly. And I think very little plays out the exact way we think it's going to. Like, I'm thinking even of my own business. Like, I saw it very clearly how it was going to all go as I was developing it. And even, like, as I'm creating the website and all that kind of stuff. But now I'm like, you know, someone asked me the other day if I could do, like, if I could provide a certain service that, like, I have never, ever, ever thought about doing before. And I was like... Actually, yeah, I can. Like, I can mm-hmm. help you come up with a brand marketing guide for your social media. Like, oh, yeah, cool. it's not a service that I had written up there, but I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. And like, life pivots and changes like that. And like, opportunities come your way if you're just out there and like making your choices and moving along. And like, you're not locked in, mm-hmm. even to the choice that you make, because things morph and change and evolve. And yeah, but you got to make the choice. You got to make the choice. What would be one of your takeaways for our listeners today? Oof, um, so many takeaways. I, I, mean, la, la, la. I think now I really want to read the book, The Next Right Thing, after yeah. I talk to you all about it. But I do think that would be my takeaway to give to you all is instead of focusing on, am I making the right decision or thinking all these big picture, long-term things, yeah. be like, okay, what is the next right thing for me mm-hmm. today? Or what is the next right thing for me in my business or in my life? And make that choice. Yeah. And don't worry about the mm-hmm. four years from now, am I going to yeah. regret whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say, I would say my, my takeaway would be to, to have that healthy mindset of reminding yourself that um, there is oftentimes there is no right decision and that no, very few decisions in life are absolutely final. And I think having that mindset of being like, there is no perfect choice to make and I can change my mind later if I need to. I think there's something very freeing about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, to remind yourself that, to give yourself the freedom to like, or the, at least the flexibility to, to be wrong in that choice. I think we're very afraid of being, of making a choice and then feeling as though we were wrong. Um, And to be like, well, that's okay because I'll learn something from it. Right. Um, And to have that mindset. Yeah. And of course, as always, trust the process. And remember, we're thriving, not just surviving. Imperfectly yours. Katie. And Mona.